Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Episode 62, 62, finishing out the year on episode 62 of the Scott Gibson Show. How are you? Safe and well? I hope you are sitting in a state of festive bliss. An arse and belly full of cheese. <laughs> cheese and after eight minutes, this is a time, where we're almost at the end of it now, hurtling towards uh, Hugmanay. For those of you in uh, Scotland, uh, for those of you south of the border, or indeed in another country, uh, we move quickly towards New Year. Um, I, I can't be the only Scottish person, Scotsman, man of Scotland. I just assumed everybody called New Year Hugmanay. You know? It took, it took me to settle down with an English bastard to realise that the, the the rest of the world uh, does not call it hug my And that to the rest of the world it's just New Year. Which seems very boring to me. Um obviously in Scotland we call it we call it hug my So uh, we are moving towards that, but we're still we're still within that week between Christmas and uh, a new year where it's you know no one knows um what day it is. 
no one knows what time it is. I actually had to check my phone yesterday uh, to see <laughs> exactly what fucking day of the week it was. I didn't know if I was recording, if I was uh, organising some bits of work. I didn't know what I was doing. But whatever you are, you know, hope you're well, hope you're safe, I hope you're sound. I'm still having to say that because COVID is still running rife. We're going to touch on that in a minute. Um, but yes, we moved towards Hugmany, so... It's just it's an odd time because I spoke about this a little bit on the uh, on the Sunday service just gone um, about the 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 kind of in the past the amount of shit that we will not only buy but accumulate over this uh, Christmas period and um, I, I, this week certainly anyway I'm at that point where we've just got so much crap in the house we've got so much shit in the house. I actually I said this for the first time, and here's something I never thought I would ever say in my life. I almost had a, a slight bit of anxiety at the amount of crisps and chocolate that is in this house. Now, I never bought a lot of crisps. I never bought chocolate. But somehow I have acquired it over the Christmas period. I literally have... I've got like a... What you call it? A, sh- a shelving unit. It's from Ikea. One of these metal kind of tall shelving units, right, for the kitchen. You maybe put the old pot and pan on it. Um, we kind of use it as what the Yanks would call a pantry. You know? Tins, breads. Yeah, listen, you know what goes in a pantry, right? Whatever in your cupboard, I put on here. Easy access. Keeps the place nice and tidy. And uh, kind of looks vibey and trendy. You know, I'm that type of person. Hey, I'm vibey. I'm trendy. Deal with it. But I've been putting the uh, to tidy up the other day and put like all the crisps and the you know the Christmas nibbles, Christmas nibbles, right? That's what we're looking for, festive, festive nibbles. I have never seen so many bags of crisps in one house in my time. Now, I don't know when we made the step away from the single packet of crisps to the sharing packet. I know that over time, through various marketing ploys. And through the uh, the pinch and squeeze of world economy, I know that when you were younger, and you would buy a big bag of crisps, right? Like a like a, a, a what I describe as fancy crisps, right? If somebody says to me, "Go to the shop and get us a bag of crisps," I'm going to go and buy you a packet of Walkers, packet of McCoys, right? Your standard thirty-five to fifty gram packet, a packet you would get on a meal deal in a garage. Right? Now, if you wanted like a big bag of crisps, like a Tyrrells or, you know, one of these fancy ones, to me that's fancy crisps, right? So these are the crisps I'm talking about now. I don't know when as a society we made the switch full-time from individual packet of crisps to full-time fancy bag of crisps. I don't know. But I've never had so many bags of fancy crisps in my house at any one time. And, I, and I'm planning... I'm planning big things in the new year, you know? We're going heavy on the resolutions this year. One of which being uh, getting healthy, you know? Losing weight and keeping it off this time. Because I've lost weight in the past, yes, some of that has been through emotional turmoil, but this time it's going to be through a happy, healthy outlook in life and a happy, healthy diet. Balance, you know? Happy on the inside, happy on the outside, blah de blah de blah 
everybody's great, maybe we'll live past 50. And I've already said to myself, come the 1st of January, I'm not bringing any more shite into the house, right? We're not buying any more fizzy juice. I'm not even buying sugar. Ran out of sugar the other day. Went to get a coffee, as you do in the morning. Went to put my two sugars in. No sugar. And I've already said to myself, hey, we're not doing this anymore. We're no, we're no buying sugar. I think the easiest way to lose weight, or the easiest way to stick to it, is just don't have it. You know, just don't, just don't have it there. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping things here. Apologies, I'm coming in and out of the microphone. Just don't have it in the house, you know. Uh, so when the sugar ran out the other day, that was the, that was the countdown. That was the, that was the, uh, the beginning, the beginning of the end, or the end of the beginning. The first steps towards 2021, and the, uh, the removal of temptation, right? Let's say that. Let's say that. Now it's not like a. It's not like a normal world, you know, it's not like the normal time where you could maybe go out and you could buy stuff or you could buy shite, right, we're, we're still locked in and who knows if we're to believe what Boris is saying, we may discuss that in a moment or two, we could go back into a national lockdown. So my thinking is, if I've not got the temptation here, you know, I'm not going to fall off that uh, proverbial uh, sugar fat wagon, okay, that's the logic, Uh if we can stick to that, great. That's the plan. So I am slightly concerned at the, at, at just the volume of crap that we've got in the house that we have acquired over Christmas. Because I don't want, I mean, the world, you know, the world's on fire, man. Nah, I mean, people are dying. Oh, pensioners are getting their second jag, man. They're immune, they're going to be out in the street naked having parties, man. <laughs> you gotta be scared to go out. You know? There'll be a national lockdown, but all these fucking eight year olds will be out with their boss swinging, going, I've had two jags, I can't, you can't stop me. So, like I said, the plan was no bring any shite in, but consume the shite that I have. Because then I'm not wasting anything. You know? And uh, once it's gone, it's gone. Um, but honestly, with, with the amount of crap we've got, I feel as if I could be eating this in June. The missus made tablet recently, right? She made tablet, made a hamper um, for my for my parental units. Like I said, never did never did Christmas this year, and that the missus and I never exchanged gifts because we're we're fucking skint, we're surviving, right? And uh, we made up a hamper, so I made my now famous uh, caramelized onion jam. The missus made uh, cheese straws, which she's amazing at. She also made these salt crackers, which were incredible. And she made tablet, Scottish tablet. Um, first batch of tablet, uh, in her words, wasn't good enough to be presented, right? Fuck all rang with it, but wasn't, she wasn't happy with the colour, you know? So she made a second batch. And uh, let's just say I've got enough tablet in here to give every person in the Northern Hemisphere a square of tablet. I've got tablet coming out my fucking ears. So again, I've got tablet, chocolate, crisps. And what what do we do? Do we make a decision to go, right, come January the 1st, if we're going to be serious about this health kick, do we get a bin bag and do we just go through the cupboards? Do you know, do you just go through everything? Go through the cupboards, go through the shelves, go through the fridge and just bin everything that's that's 
you know, bad for you, sugar, processed. Not that I have a lot of that stuff. I don't know, man. I don't know, but we've we've acquired some amount of crap. So, did you have a good Christmas? Hope you did. I had a lovely Christmas. Wonderful meal. Stuffed like a pig, so I was. And um, I, we had to make dinner last night just because I, I was like, I need to eat a meal. I need to eat a proper dinner because I've literally just been grazing. I've been a full-time professional grazer since Christmas Day. Turkey sandwiches. Fuck them within the first hour of getting home. They get splattered. Crisps. Cupcake things. Chocolate. As, as I'm sure most of you are, this is just a week of pure gluttony. I have seen every single day, since Christmas Day, I have seen uh, two people. They're not a couple because they're not, you know, it's different times and uh, I've seen them at different places, but I've seen two people out jogging every single day and I do look at them with envy, you know, and I think, fuck me, man. You know, there was a time when I would have made fun of people at you, you know, taking a piss right at you. And now I'm going, I almost wish I had the body capable of going for a jog. What what does that feel like to be that type of person? You know, to be sitting in your house and instead of sitting in your scratcher in your fucking comfies watching shit television... Just go, do you know what? Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go for a run. I think I'll go for a wee five mile run. A five mile run? As if that's nothing. I'd have to I'd have to prepare for a five mile run for, for months. Months of preparation. A team. A team would have to be assembled. If I was to sit and say to you the new, I am gonna go for a five mile run, I would need nutritionists, I'd need doctors, I'd need EMTs, I'd need trainers, they themselves would need teams. I mean, it would be it would be a whole it would be an event in itself. You know, we could sell tickets, we could do t-shirts, sponsorships. But to be one of these people who just goes, I think I'll go for a run now, darling. Okay, dinner's at seven thirty. Don't be late. I'll, I'll just squeeze in a quick six miles, okay? And then no, if you break sweats, I'm gonna cunt. An old guy, right? And he looked old. I'd say he's in his sixties. He jogged past me the other day in a dog walk. Right, I'm just I'm just at my bed, still got the uh, fucking pajama bottoms on. My body was seized up, and this fucker went jogging past with a backpack full of shit. And I thought he's just rubbing it in. Not only is he jogging, he's fucking carrying weight as well. Maybe we'll get there in 2021. Maybe we'll get to the point where, you know, I'll go for a run. I don't think so. That's not really where I want to be. I think I just want to, you know, I just want to be able to, I want to get fit enough, right, that I can wear normal size clothes, because I'm a big unit, you know, does a, he's a big unit, man, right, well, I shed some timber, and here, here's the thing, I'm just going, hey, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest, we're going to open up here, right, the, the dear listener, the rascal, I've always been a big boy, a big unit, right, but I need to shift some timber, man, we need, we need, we need thin down, Right, we're at, we're at the high end of the scale yet again. And there's no point in being stressed about it, being anxious, being worried, because the year that we've gone through, I think if you haven't put weight on during lockdown, you probably are mentally unstable. I mean, those of us who, are, who have really struggled with our mental health, 
not that that's an excuse of being unhealthy physically, but it adds to it, you know, you comfort eat, you cut corners, you maybe don't have the energy to do things. Blah de blah de blah. I'm unhappy because I'm fat, and I'm fat because I'm unhappy. One of these situations. But even when I lost weight before, even when I was felt, as they say, ripped, you know, my problem is I've got such an odd body. I've got a long top and short legs, right? I'm I'm two thirds torso. I'm like a wee Neanderthal, but I'm as broad as a fucking ship. Even when before, when I was thin and handsome in my twenties, you know, I was fucking ripped. Back when I was a bouncer doing the doors, and I was a fucking machine man. Even then, I remember I used to go into shops and try on clothes. I remember one of the first times I went to get a suit fitted. And the guy flung the tape measure at me and then almost gasped like it's one of these reaction videos. Couldn't believe the fucking barrel chest on me. So I want to lose weight so that I can, you know, just be, be a normal human again. But that's another thing about my clothing, you know. Clothing goes up and down. People that used to be like an XL five years ago are now like a triple XL. I don't know who they're measuring these things off of. But anyway, we've gone off on a weird tangent here. So... Hugmany, uh, Hugmany, hug fastly approaching. Uh, not a fan, not a fan. But interestingly, like I said, uh, I thought everybody called it Hugmany. Um, but uh, let's try and find out where does it come from. Uh, New Year's Eve is a big celebration amongst people in the world, but it's a particularly big deal in Scotland where it's called Hugmany. Festivities take place all over Scotland, and the la and they last for three days, beginning the end of December, ending the second of January. What? Scottish people, in fact, have two days of holiday following the celebrations, unlike the rest of the UK, which just has one on New Year's Day. What is Hugmanay? Hugmanay is a Scottish name for New Year's celebration. It is known. It is not known exactly where the word comes from, although it is believed to come from the French word Hogany, meaning gala day. Wait a minute here. Wait a minute here. I have I have a book to my left, um, which I bought oh maybe a year or two ago. Occasionally I'll buy these things if I, if I'm struggling for. I quite like to think of a title for a show, right, and then build a concept around that when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm writing a new comedy show. And I buy things like this. Now this book is called Lost Words, and it's words uh, from like. I don't know, man. A long, long, long time ago. It's basically words for like old words for like old Gaelic, old Scots, old English for like 18th century, 17th century that have been lost now in modern times, right? And some of them are, are quite interesting. Um, some some words like, let me just get one here. Uh, where's the Aquabib one? Because I quite like that. Uh, in fact, I'll just tell you this one. This is, this is actually one that I'm going to use for a title of a show. It's called Amphigury. Right, am figury is the word, a m p h i g o r y am figury, uh, which means a piece of writing that appears to have meaning but is really just foolish nonsense. If that doesn't sum up my comedy shows, I don't know what does. Am figury, right? So I like words like that. Now, how is it that I can have a book about words that have been lost and explain their meaning, yet nobody can tell us? How the word Hugmany originated in Scotland. I smell shite here. Uh, Dr. Donna Heddle 
an expert for the University of the Highlands and Islands, well, you should fucking know, Donna, explained the name could also come from the Anglo-Saxon Halegmonach, meaning Holy Month. Make up your mind, hen. Some said it could come from the Scandinavian Hoganot, meaning Yule. Uh, Dr. Hedo says the most likely source seems to be in French and Normandy, presents given at Hugmanay were Huguenots. There you go. Uh, first footing as well, tradition in Scotland. Um, I remember getting sent to my granny's usually when we were young for Hugmanay. And uh, your granny would send you uh, uh, after the bells uh, to first foot. Uh, so you were given like uh, a wee box of shortbread, uh, sometimes a wee, a wee bit of whiskey, uh, so that when you opened the door, you gave it as a gift. Uh, first footing. First footing, a traditional part of Hugmanay celebration in Scotland, although it doesn't happen nowadays as much as it used to. Things just aren't the same anymore, son. It's likely to be more restricted in 2021 due to coronavirus restrictions. Obviously, you can't leave your fucking house. You're going to go first footing. You're going to get to jail. Uh, first footing is when you visit friends or family immediately after midnight in order to become the first person to visit them and go into their house in the new year. I thought it was all about tradition, about bringing good luck to, to the house. Uh, your very first foot, the first person to visit you in the new year, should, here we go, should traditionally be tall, dark, sorry, should be a tall, dark-haired man uh, that's said to date back to the Viking invasions as Vikings were typically fairer-haired. So the arrival of a blonde man could have meant imminent danger. There you go. It could also have roots in pagan traditions of marking the arrival of the dark half of the year and inter interacting with the mysterious realm of darkness and spirits. Why do the pagans always have to go fucking dark and mysterious, eh? How can you not just go, why is it going to be a guy with dark hair? Because all the Vikings are mad blonde-haired ginger rapists, mate, right? So that talk ginger and blonde, danger. Tall and dark, more in for a party. There you go. Um, where did Hugmanay come from? What is this article? This is from the BBC, so apologies. I should have known that. It's a lot of shout. Uh, the big Hugmanay celebrations date back to pagan times many hundred years ago when people used to mark the end of the harvest and the end of the year with a festival called Samhain. Later, this became a midwinter Yule festival, which continued with Catholicism, became the nation's main religion. Blah 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 blah. This is fucking bullshit and boring. Apologies. We've gone. We've gone down a boring tangent. My that was my fault. I should have known better. As soon as I saw BBC, I should have known better. But when Hogmanay comes, I hope we have a good time in the house. Uh, you know, there's no much else to do. There's no parties. You're not going everywhere. I fully expect that before Hugmanay, uh, I think we're maybe going to have further restrictions. Uh, most of us now are in Tier 4. Um, what will those restrictions look like? I don't know. Could it be another national lockdown? Maybe. We will see. Um, it feels as if, from someone who is completely uninformed and has no uh, scientific knowledge of the situation... Like most of us, why should that stop us having an opinion? It shouldn't. That's what podcasts are for. It does feel as if we're starting to get almost to the kind of tipping point of things. Not in a kind of social unrest. Uh, more in the sense of this is going to be the last push before we finally start to see real change or real ease of the COVID situation. I think. I feel as if we are close to 
possibly another national lockdown like we experienced back in April time, May time when it was, you know, one hour exercise. I think we're close to that again. And then I think that might be the final kind of the final kind of push before we before we start to ease off. Or I, or I hope so anyway. I hope so anyway. But uh, who knows? So when when Hugmanay comes, uh, enjoy it, get in the house. And oh, listen, let me say this to you. There's a program on BBC iPlayer. It's called Dave. American program. It was on FX. I think you can get it on Amazon Prime as well. I don't know who it was that recommended I watch this, but whoever you are, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Like many of you, I have struggled to find things to watch during lockdown. Uh, I even watched The Matrix last night. That's how that's how much I'm scraping the barrel. I'm going back in time, 20 years ago, to watch films. Uh, Dave on BBC iPlayer is incredible. It's a comedy show about uh, a guy called Dave who's a rapper, Lil Dicky. Uh, wasn't aware of him. But if you're looking for something to watch, watch it as a comedy. It is honestly one of the best things I have watched in a long, long time. It is absolutely brilliant. It has been, in fact, I cannot remember the last time that I felt upset when a programme ended. I generally was gutted. There's only 10 episodes. I thought there was going to be more. And I think because of that, when it ended, it kind of shocked me. Um... But it's absolutely brilliant. There is a second series coming out, I believe, next year. Um, so if you're looking for something to watch, watch Dave. You can get it on the BBC iPlayer or you can get it on Amazon Prime. It is absolutely brilliant. The writing in it is spectacular, man. Such clever writing. So fast. Very, very good, subtle jokes. It's just an absolutely brilliant programme. So if, again, if you're looking for something to watch, watch Dave, BBC iPlayer or Amazon Prime. This does feel that we've gone full ramble mode at the start. That felt as if it was a complete brain fart. So I apologise. Um, we seem to go off on three or four different tangents there without anything actually getting spoken about or discussed. So let's continue on. Um, this is the last episode of this year. Uh, who thought that we would be uh, we would be ending? the uh, the the year in such a fashion not I not I um, but uh, thank you to everybody who has listened thank you to those of you who support the show on Patreon by becoming a rascal um, if you're not on the Patreon get on there man you can join the Patreon for as little as five dollars it's eighty six pence a week what can you get for eighty six pence fuck all I tell you for that you get an extra episode every single Sunday that's two episodes a week eight episodes a month ten a month if it's a five week month access to the comedy albums, I'm punching the microphone, you get everything, go to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson, sign up now, treat yourself man, over the festive period, there are, what, 39 extra episodes on there already, uh, come this Sunday there'll be 40, um, so in total we've, we've already pushed past um, 100 episodes, all in, if you count the uh, the Patreon episodes as well, So so sign up now, support the show, Get yourself access to all the content. It's the only way that you can hear everything that comes out from the show. It's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash 
Big Scott Gibson, do that now. Right, so uh, got a couple of questions. Let's just go straight into one of them because it happened last night. I was so full of joy, like a young child on Christmas morning. And then I went to sleep. I woke up and as usual, uh, I have gone to bed with the the possibility, you know, the, the potential promise of a winter wonderland. You know, a Christmas miracle, and I've awoken to a slush pit of hell. I am, of course, talking about the snow. Uh, Louise, uh, Soprano Lou on uh, Instagram. Louise has asked uh, a very simple question. Snow, uh, question mark, I or no? Now, for for a lot of people, this, this divides them, you know? Um, for me, let me just get it out there straight off the bat. It is a whopping... Yes, a massive yes. There isn't a lot of things that bring me joy in life. <laughs> there aren't many things that generally make me gleeful. But snow is one of them. There is there is nothing better than snow. And even as I've got older, I know there are a lot of people who... Uh, they they don't like snow when they get to like an adult age. I don't understand it, and I know people. Listen, I know a lot of people are like. I don't really like driving in the snow. Don't drive in the fucking snow then. Also, we're locked down. Where are you driving? Nowhere. So shut up. There's nothing better than snow. There's something about being in a warm house, looking at a window, watching the snow fall, that just brings joy to my cold dead heart. I don't know what it is. I am hopeful that more snow will come. It's the only thing that I miss about living on the West Coast is the snow. Well, not the only thing. I miss quite a lot about living on the West Coast. But where I used to live, near, uh, I used to live near a wee village called Kilmacombe, um, which is down the coast towards Greenock, towards Port Glasgow. The snow that they get down there is biblical. It's incredible. It is godlike. Whenever you see a film... And there's a, a beautiful snow setting like New York City or there's snow coming in or people are in Laplander. That is the snow that they get on the West Coast around that area. It is the greatest snow you will ever experience. And I mean deep snow. I'm talking two or three feet deep. White powder, grade A, snowball flinging snow. It's the best snow in the world. And then out here... On the East Coast, in Edinburgh, we seem to get this kind of shitty English bastard snow, you know? So I've, I've yet to experience good snow in Edinburgh. Um, I love the snow, man. Even thinking about it now, I'm just thinking about the times I used to go sledging and playing with my pals. I absolutely love the snow. If, and listen, see if you're a person who hates snow, there's nothing I can do for you, man. Like, you're dead inside. If you're one of these adults who hates snow... You have died a horrible death inside. That little spark, that joy, that little child that lives within all of us. Nothing weird. They're dead. They have died. You have smothered them with your boring adult ways. I fucking love the snow. Now, let's hope that the snow's coming. We've all done it, right? I even found myself saying it the other day. I came in from the last dog walk of the evening and I said to the missus, Oh, it's cold, I tell you, it's going to be snowing tonight. Cold enough for snow. I've even said, too cold for snow. Too cold for snow. What does that mean? Don't know. 
Don't know, but I'll see it. You know? I'll see it. Many a team came in. Is it cold outside, Franco? Oh, I'll tell you what, it's too cold for snow. It's too cold for snow. It's fucking... It'll be blocks of ice falling from the sky. I really hope there's more snow. Partly there's, there's snow in the way. Um, according to an article here, uh, James uh, Hawk, Hockaday, what a, what a name that is from our good friends at the Metro, uh, up to six inches of snow has been forecast for parts of the country before New Year's Day as a cold snap continues to sweep the UK. Bring it on. Let's do this. Six inches isn't enough. That's what she said. Six inches isn't enough for me. I'm looking for a couple of feet. I'm looking for 18 to 20 inches. Fill me up, buttercup, bring on the snow. Uh, the Met Office has issued a yellow warning of snow and ice for much of England. Bastards! And uh, Wales, parts of Scotland. Please be Edinburgh after a day of heavy snowfall in some regions with more wintry weather expected uh, tomorrow and Thursday. Tomorrow and Thursday? What day is it today? This is... I've no idea. God, what day is it? It's Tuesday. Oh... So you're telling me Wednesday and Thursday we could get some snow? Come on! Um, it is said uh, overnight temperatures on Tuesday would tumble towards freezing, perhaps getting as low as minus 10 in Western Scotland. See what I mean? Western Scotland, man, is the place to be! Western Scotland is the place to be. If it, Listen, see if you don't live in the west of Scotland... It's fucking shit. Now, I know that people are like, oh, Edinburgh's lovely, and you've got Dundee, or Broth, you know, Aberdeen, Fife, for fuck's sake. You know, great, great parts of the country with wonderful people, beautiful cities, beautiful towns, beautiful villages, but it's not the west of Scotland. It's not the west of Scotland. You know? We, we should, the, the whole population of Scotland should just live in the west coast, we should, we should just all get up and move west, man, even when people come along and they say things like, the east coast of Scotland's absolutely beautiful, it's a fucking shite hole compared to the west coast, see if you travelled in the west coast of Scotland, it has some of the most spectacular, beautiful scenery that you will find on this fucking planet on the west coast of Scotland, it's beautiful, man, and they get the best snow. Why, why am I wasting my time in Edinburgh? God, I wish I was back west. Knee deep in snow. <laughs> Loving life. Shoveling it. Eh? Thanking God I've got a four wheel drive so I can get up the fucking hill. Oh, I really hope we get snow. L- Louise, you've, you've really, you've got me pumped up now. I'm pumped up for snow. Um, Hopefully cold enough again tonight. They would get another wee dump. It would be lovely to wake up on the 1st of January and have a really good, a good thick layer of snow everywhere. That would be bloody lovely. That would be lovely. Fingers crossed, you know. Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens. But, you know, get in touch. Get in touch with the show. Do you like snow? Is it an I or is it a no? If it's a no, I'd say have a word with yourself. Have a word with yourself. Um... But Louise, thanks for the question. It's a definite yes from me. 100%. Team Snow, bring it on. Right. Let's just take a minute to calm ourselves down before we continue on with this episode. This this has felt... This has felt panicked almost. It's the only way I can describe it. It's felt panicked. 
uh, the first half hour of this podcast. Uh, I can only apologise. I do have notes. I've got some things I want to talk about. Um, but we 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 seem to be, the mind's running a hundred miles on the other day, and I, and I don't know why. Let me to adjust this microphone. Uh, as such, now, um, right, just can't. Hey, yeah, Gibble, get a deep breath, son. Relax yourself. Let's get in. No pressure. No pressure. Last day, last podcast of the year. Last podcast of the year, man. You know. Um, I feel like this is the right time to play Dream. You know, things can only get better. <laughs> that should just be, you know, you know, like in the days. <laughs> I'm losing my mind, man. I'm losing my mind. Um, you know when there's like a a, a war siren, and it's like the Germans are coming quickly to the bunker. I feel as if the government should just put. Like large speakers on every single street corner in in the country, and we should just have D Reams think can only get better, just played constantly on a loop, <laughs> from eight in the morning till ten p.m. at night. D Reams, things can only get better. I can only get. Can only get up. Things can only get better. That should just be played. Or in fact, even better, right? Even better. Tony Blair and Cherie Blair inside a cage, uh, suspended for a crane outside Buckingham Palace, singing that twelve hours a day, eight till eight, right? Twelve hour shift, seven days a week until COVID's lifted. That's how we unite the country. Right, we get David Blaine's Perspex box out of storage, sticking a crane on the fucking grounds of Buckingham Palace. There's a camera on it, twenty four seven, and uh, watch them singing "Dream." Things gonna get better over and over again until COVID's lifted. That's that's my that's my that's my advice uh, and my suggestion on how to uh, bring the country back. Right, okay, so let's move on. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about. We've got. Um, a gentleman who lost his job and became a chicken farmer. That's right. We've got the strangest uh, Christmas-themed world records. We've got the Mad Koreans in the Artificial Sun. But we're going to start off with this. Cardi B calls out Peppa Pig in a threatening tweet. That's right. Just when you thought 2020 couldn't get any weirder or any more fucked up, up steps the human bampot, Cardi B, to give us all something to talk about. Now, let me just say... Straight off the bat, I am neither a fan of Cardi B nor Peppa Pig. I have never watched an episode of Peppa Pig. Um, I am aware of uh, Peppa and her work. I understand that the 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 uh, father, uh, Daddy Pig, gets a bit tight. Uh, I imagine if it was a, a real family, or there was possibly a Peppa Pig after dark, uh, I imagine Daddy Pig might lose it one day. And send uh, Pepper uh, off to a slaughterhouse, but I am aware of the uh, of its work. I just haven't seen the show. So when I saw this headline, I thought, you know, hey, is this a, a desperate attempt for uh, the the WAP singer? Uh, that's WAP. I'm not doing Jonathan Ross, the the WAP singer, to uh, remain in the press 
Uh, who knows? Or is it just a slow news day? And again, the uh, the human waste, the uh, the 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 human uh, rats that are journalists in the UK uh, again appear to be scraping social media for some kind of news story. Uh, this story comes from uh, Julia Barnum. Uh, is that a real name? Who knows? Uh, the article reads: Cardi B has lashed out at none other than Peppa Pig for supposedly being a bad influence on her two-year-old daughter, culture. Now, um, first of all, that's culture spelt with a K. I'm not going to go down the road of who is a, a, a better or worse influence on a two-year-old uh, girl, Cardi B or Peppa Pig. Um, that's a conversation for another day, possibly another podcast, possibly a Patreon episode behind a paywall where we're free to say what we want. Um, but for now, let's just stick to the news article in question here. The, the toddler uh, is now constantly wanting to stomp about in puddles after watching Peppa Pig uh, do just that, a habit which is said to be fucking up her Uggs. Uh, a direct quote... <laughs> a direct quote from MSB. Um, Channeling the frustrations of parents everywhere. Really? Really? That's the, the line we go with channeling the frustrations of parents everywhere parents everywhere people who have lost their jobs people who have not had an income for 10 months you know people queuing up at fucking food banks at Christmas to feed their families mothers fathers going to sleep every night with a sore stomach because they've no eating stressed out the fucking box anxiety mental health, depression, through the roof, worried that they are terrible parents because they can't clothe or, or feed their children, people who are concerned their children are missing out because they've got to be homeschooled and they themselves are unsure how to continue that schooling at home, people who are so upset and depressed themselves because they've not been able to give their children the Christmas that they normally get because society society dictates to them that Christmas is all about how much they get, what they receive. People worrying that their children are going to be bullied if somebody finds out that, for example, their mother has to go to a food bank, explaining to their kids why they can't get things, why they can't have things just now because life is so difficult, explain to children that they cannot go and socialise with their friends, play with their friends, even visit grandparents because of COVID-19, but none of that is actually important because the real frustration that parents have right now in 2020 is that their children are fucking up their Uggs. Fuck my life. I uh, I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling. Oh, oh, <laughs> I can feel I can feel the gaskets ready to go. I'm like a pan of boiling water. The anger is inside me, man. You know it's, it's going to go at any point now. <sighs> I can't believe that line. I cannot believe that that has been written, channeling the frustration of parents everywhere. The article goes on to say the 28-year-old, she's 28, Cardi B's 28, that's, that's more shocking than that last statement. I honestly thought she was in her 40s, and I'm no joking, I really did. The 28-year-old WAP rapper unleashed her fury against the cartoon pig, seething that shit gets me so tight. 
This is the actual tweet sent by Cardi B. My baby been watching Peppa Pig. Good. Okay, grammar's, grammar's off. Uh, my baby been watching Peppa Pig and then put a pig emoji. Uh, and now every time she sees a wet puddle, as opposed to a dry puddle, she wants to stomp on top of it. That shit gets me so tight. Fucking up her Uggs. Damn you, Peppa Pig. Count your fucking days. Okay. Now, I uh, I, I hope that uh, this has, has been meant in jest um, by, by Miss B. But, but sadly, I feel that that's not the case. Sadly, I feel that she generally is uh, enraged with a, a fictional pig. Um, the other thing that's came about this is if, if Cardi B is somehow trying to instigate that Peppa Pig is the reason why children stomp in puddles could not be further for the truth uh, Miss B children have been stomping in puddles long before you were born long before you before you were born Miss B I myself was splashing in puddles um, did I have Uggs? no I fucking did not I mean, the other question in this is, why is a two-year-old got a pair of Uggs to start with? Um, why do kids splash in puddles? I, I don't know. It's fun, you know? Kids just like to splash about. Um, is Peppa Pig responsible for this phenomenon of children splashing? I don't think so. <sighs> Celebrities knew... I, I was, you know, I was going to read an article as well. And then when I actually started to look through it, I realised that this was a, a PR stunt, if you like. You you see a lot of things run about Christmas time and run about New Year, and it's things like you know the top ten lists and the uh, you know the best programs to watch and all this kind of stuff, right? And if you've ever been involved in any kind of marketing or creative side, whether it whether it be comedy or whether it be music or or anything else you realise that these shows or these people, they they get onto these lists not because of their merit. So whenever you see a, 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 a list, for example, and let's just, let's just talk about from a, an industry that I know, whether it being comedy, and let's talk about the Fringe, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. You will see a lot of lists coming out and it'll say things like the top ten, the top ten shows to see, and the, the top ten hottest new acts, or the top ten fucking blah, blah, whatever it is, right? Those people are on there because they have paid for a PR company to do their PR for the festival, and those companies will have the connections, they will contact press and media, and they will get themselves onto these lists, and that's how it works. You often see uh, a lot of names listed in these things, and they are—they're awful. They're terrible. Terrible acts. Terrible shows. Uh, again, could be terrible musicians. Could be shite TV shows. Could be shite movies. Whatever it is, but they're on there because they have a PR machine behind it that works towards it. And this kind of thing feels like um, keeping your client in the media, keeping your client visible. You know, it's like when the Kardashians used to complain about being papped or nobody able to go to a restaurant or turn up somewhere. They have PR people who 
contact them ahead of time saying they'll be here at this time, they're going to go there, they're going to go that, so they know exactly where they're going to be. And this screams like I was going to read an article a minute ago about uh, someone else uh, who was a musician and uh, a, a, a kind of nothing news story. I'm realising this is just a PR stunt to keep them in the press. And possibly could this be for Miss Cardi B? I do not know. But to be genuinely angry that your two-year-old is splashing about in puddles to fuck up the rug boots is alarming. It's alarming on two fronts because one, it seems as if these children who are born into that lifestyle, it almost they almost become an accessory themselves. You know? How much is Cardi B's daughter? I mean, the fact that you call her culture with a K, you know, maybe in, in normal society, if they were going to go to the school I went to, right, you're maybe going to get a slagging, but obviously they're going to go to some Hollywood A-lister school where it's a little bit different, but what if Cardi B's career falls flat its face the next couple of years as she disappears off the face of the earth? That kid's going to be brought by a name called Culture. <laughs> but it does feel sometimes that these celebrity children, man, they're just they're just accessories, you know? Where they dress them up, show them off. I mean, the fact... Imagine, imagine saying to your... Imagine your two-year-old daughter splashing about in a puddle, pretending to be Peppa Pig, just being happy, living her life, and you get angry with her because she's going to mess up her fucking rug boots. See if that shit's that important to you. Bin the rug boots, man. Just buy a new pair of rug boots. Who fucking cares? Let kids be kids. This is this is all. This feels like it's all tying back to all the excess I've seen again at Christmas on some of these social media pages, where it, it's just forcing people into, and it kind of living a fake life. You know, here's the bag you should want, or here's the things you should want, or the amount of times now I'm seeing things like. £10,000 Gucci giveaways and £15,000 Louis Vuitton giveaways and do this and do that and how much of that is just creating a culture around a time when we shouldn't be giving praise to excess, we should be we should take comfort in, in streamlining things, we, sh- we should be we should be giving light, we should be giving column inches we should be giving publicity to people who are promoting the, op- the opposite of a life of excess. We should be looking to people who are helping others survive. You know, offering suggestions on streamlining your life, getting rid of... We, we, do you know what we should, we should be? We should be focusing on getting people's thinking back in line of what is truly important in your life. Things that mean something. Your health your mental happiness, your family, your friends. Within that, structuring time around those things, structuring time around family, structuring time around friends, investing in yourself, giving yourself the opportunity to pursue your dreams, pursue the things you want to do after this difficult year we've been through. But yet, the social media machine, the the industry machine, the the... The, the world as we knew it is slowly dragging its way, clawing its way back into our, to our daily psyche of buy a Louis Vuitton bag and get the new iPhone and buy, that's the way it's going to be, man. You know, we've, we've got to, as we, as we do move back towards some kind of normality, whether it be the vaccination or 
vaccination, whether it be getting back to, for me, working again and back to being in restaurants again and living life again, we, we have to we have to think about what we've been through this year and realise that we do not need half of the things that we have been wasting time, money and energy on the last 20, 30 years of our life. We don't need it. And sadly, as long as we continue to push stories less, Peppa Pig's fucking fucking up my hug boots. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. This this is just this one's annoying me. I don't know why. You know what I'm trying to say, man. I'm trying to say, listen, fucking enjoy yourselves. You know what I mean? Just don't get don't get sucked back into the the nonsense of excess. You know. And and see once this is over. Here's the other thing. See once we do get back to normal life, the world is open again. Don't. My my concern is that people start to put pressure on themselves to get back out. And be out every night, and be partying, and be holidaying, and be travelling. And listen, there are a lot of people who have been quite happy this year, sitting at home. People who are antisocial, antisocial in the sense of not that they don't like other people, but they're very comfortable in their own company. And there's nothing wrong with that either. There's going to be a whole load of people who are very anxious about the potential of the world reopening again because they've been quite happy at home, relaxing, chilling getting by better than themselves so maybe this this hug money this this new year is a, is, a, is a real chance for a lot of us to kind of reset reset our focus reevaluate what's important and move our life in a completely different direction and that again it's not Hollywood it's not big things it's not I'm that's it I'm leaving my job and I'm gonna go away and I'm gonna be a fucking grouse botherer and an ock and sugar. It just means things like I'm gonna read more. I'm gonna write. You know, I'm gonna start a podcast, maybe. There could be people listening to this who enjoy the show, who 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 enjoy the kind of the mix of chat. You know, whether it be something that's slightly funny, whether it be news or whether it be some less where we kind of go down a pit of fucking despair. But this feels like it's a time where we, we can really reevaluate the situation we're in, reevaluate our life, realign what's important. I will be trying far harder than I've ever done to do that going into this new year, going into 2021. Looking after yourself and just doing things that that you want to do, you know, making yourself happy again. Don't bother about what other people think. Don't don't worry about what you should be doing. Don't worry about, you know, popular opinion. Just do what makes you happy. Because after the year that we've been through, I think everybody deserves a bit of happiness. Cardi B, you have taken me down a cul-de-sac of despair, hen. Uh, I don't know how we've done that. I hope your daughter, every time she sees a puddle, I hope she smashes in it. Uh, I hope every time you buy her a pair of Uggs that she takes a shite in every one of those Ugg boots. All the best, you hen. Team Pepper Pig, come on. Culture, if you're listening, you fucking splash away, darling. You splash those puddles more than in the night. And you take those fucking hugs into your mom's room and you say, listen, cunt, 
I need a new pair of hugs. <laughs> and this time I want Peppa Pig's face on him. Fucking get it sorted. <laughs> Right, let's look at another question. Um, got this question on Instagram, um, which is at Big Scott Gibson, if you don't already follow me on Instagram, and from the wonderful Andrew Ward. Uh, question is as uh, follows. Kind of uh, in keeping with uh, the New Year Hug Money chat, uh, because something that is incredibly important in Scotland, as most of you will know, I'm realising that I spoke a little bit about this on the Sunday service, Um but some of you may not have heard that, is at New Year, on New Year's Day, the 1st of January, there was a big debate as to things that could be included in a Christmas dinner, things that should be involved in a Christmas table, but this tradition, there is no room for debate, you either do it or you don't, and if you're not a meat eater, then you simply do not eat on the 1st of January, in my opinion, there is no room for discussion, although there is certainly room for movement within the uh, subject, as we're about to discuss here with Andrew, but there's no room for discussion on this, you either do it or you don't, you have it or you have nothing, there is no offering of a vegetarian, vegan equivalent, you either have it and you get fuck all, and this is the one tradition that I would be strict about if I have children, in the future, if I'm lucky enough to have children, they say, "My dad, but I'm a wee mad vegan." I'd be like, "Well, you know what you get if you're dinner. You get fuck all." Because on the first of January, say it with me now, you should be having a steak pie for your dinner. Now, it should be from a butcher's. It should be a good steak pie from a butcher's. I will accept a farm shop. In a fancy garden centre. I'll accept that. But I will not accept. A shiter at a Tesco. Or a snidey individual fucking one for bells. I will not accept that. You should splash it. Save up the £8. £10. Whatever it is. Because on the 1st of January. You should be having a fucking steak pie. Now. Andrew has asked a question. Um. Again, I, I never understood how not only divided the North and South were with regards to the Hugmany issue, how divided Scotland may be in the East versus West discussion around steak pie because Andrew has said as follows. Hot on the heels of your tirade about the poor Yorkshire pudding getting a run out at Christmas, what are your thoughts on sausages and steak pies? Is that a West Coast thing? Not for me, I have to say. That's Andrew's words, not mine. So Andrew is saying, no sausage in his steak pie. Now, let me just say straight off the bat, I never for a second thought that this was a controversial subject. I just assumed everybody has a wee bit of sausages in their steak pie. I just assumed that, and it seems now I'm wrong. It seems I am wrong to have made that assumption. And I can only apologise. I can only apologise. Now, does this go back to East versus West? You know, Scotland versus Little England? Wealth versus poverty? I do not know. Is this something like, I imagine, steak pie would have a bit of sausage in it? 
to make it go further. That may be the case. But for me... For I! But, well, no, well, here's the thing. You know what I'm thinking about it? Here's the thing, right? Whenever I have bought a steak pie from our reputable butchers, it's only ever been steak. But when I make a steak pie in the house... I always had sausage. Now, why is that? Why is that, Andy boy? Was I? I don't. I don't feel as if I was ever taken aside and told. Now, young young Scott, as a West Coaster, you must always add sausage to your steak pie. Is it a Masonic thing? I don't know. You know. Is this? Does this? Like most things in Scotland, has this become sectarian? The, the, the Protestant people of Scotland, you know, do, do, is it only Rangers fans that have sausage in their steak pie? And Celtic fans are, are full-blown full steak? I, I don't know, no, I didn't know. That's, uh, Andrew, listen, I was, I was fully on board to go, listen, it's black and white, one way or the other, but now I'm thinking about it, mate. Whenever I've bought a steak pie, it's always just been steak, but whenever I make one in the house... I always add sausage. Now, here's the other thing about the sausages. If you're going to add sausage in your steak pie, it should be shitty wee link sausages and they should be cut up. It shouldn't be some artisan fucking to lose, you know, 97% fucking free range exotic breed English pork bastard sausage. No, 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 no. It should be links. And they should be like Irish recipe or something like that. Shitty ones. Right? Cut them up nice and wee. Get them in the stew. Boil it up. Oh, God, now I'm thinking about I mean, I'm going to have... I was going to make a steak pie anyway, but I'm definitely adding sausage in it now. And the, even the best thing is, see, because the missus is a, a vegetarian. Oh, the fucking steak pie for me. I'll let you in a wee secret here as well, since we're going to do the steak pie route. I, I enjoy making a steak pie... Because I can control the ratio of meat, right? Pack it full of meat, but I can also control the uh, the cooking temperature and duration of the pastry. Some people might think I'm weird, but I quite enjoy that almost slightly undercooked bit of pastry that touches the meat. Oh my god, it's tasty, tasty, tasty! <laughs> Is it an East Coast thing? Is it a West Coast thing? The East Coasters, do you, do you never put sausages in your steak pie? Do you add it in sometimes? West Coasters, do you always have sausage in your steak pie? Or anybody listening down south across the globe? Get in touch, man. Do you have sausage in your steak pie? Do you not? Do you have something different on Hogmanay on the 1st of January? If you have something different, you're a fool because you should be sitting down the steak pie. A bit of mash if you want. I'm going to go roast potatoes this time. And uh, enjoy a steak pie dinner, that's what it should be. Andrew, thank you very much indeed for your question. It's uh, it's sausages for me, big man. It's it's sausages for me. Um, but enjoy, enjoy your sausage-less steak pie, if that is the route you go down. Just, uh, just make sure you have, make sure you have that steak pie. Right, let's look at another... We news article, shall we? Try and finish off on a on a high note. This this episode has uh, 
it's been a it's been a challenge, eh? It's been it's been an emotional wreck. This episode, good God, it's what happens when we do it a little bit later on at night. You know, when we've had a busy day, we've had one of those days where we got up, there was nothing planned, nothing on the cards, a relaxing day. You know, grazing, feasting, nibbling at a bit of cheese, taking a bite out of Stilton, having an after eight mint. You know, mixing it up. Only thing I had to do today was record the podcast. That was it. I was going to ease into it, do it kind of late morning, you know, early afternoon. And then before you know it, you're getting sent errands. You're getting sent there. Going to go to the post office, pick up the wee man's prescription for the vet, go and speak to the vet about the fucking operation. Oh, while we're here, and just reminding me, huge thank you to everybody who played the quiz uh, last week, the big Christmas quiz. Cannot thank you enough for that. Uh, everybody who donated to the show, who supported the quiz, we have raised uh, about two-thirds of the money uh, needed for uh, the tour manager's operation. So that has been a huge help to me. I cannot thank you enough for that. Um, went to see the vet today. He had to get a pre-prescription of his tablets. And he's booked in on January the 12th. So countdown is on. The wee man's grin. January the 12th to get two teeth out and uh, a little bit of work on his gum. And uh, in and out in the same day. So I'll keep you updated on that. But massive, massive thank you. Uh, to all these who uh, supported the show that night, uh, like I said, almost two-thirds uh, of the vet bills have been covered, so thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, and if you are listening to this uh, podcast on the 30th um, at night, uh, or half past eight, we're going to be doing another quiz, uh, as always, every single Wednesday, Quarantine Quiz on the Facebook page. Uh, Scott Gibson Comedy is the Facebook page, uh, so I'll be doing another quiz uh, tonight. Uh, look back at 2020, so please do join me. For that, if you can, 8.30. Right, let's look at this one. So this is an article. Um, it's the strangest Christmas-themed world records that you didn't know about. Um, when you were young, certainly when I was young, I used to get a Guinness Book of World Records every year and you would look through it and there would be some interesting ones and there was always some weird ones in there as well. So this, apparently, is some of the Christmas ones that, we've, uh, that we may not know about. Um... Some Christmas, uh, some celebrate Christmas by watching their favourite festive film, buying presents, eating as many mince pies as they can stomach. However, others endeavour to break world records. While the list of Guinness World Records Christmas edition, of course, is long, some are far more peculiar than others. Uh, very correct. Okay, first thing on the list, largest collection of Nightmare Before Christmas memorabilia. Great film, wonderful film, should be watched if you haven't seen it get it watched. With a Rotten Tomatoes score of 95%, The Nightmare Before Christmas is a staple in our watch list in the run-up to the festive season. For some, like William Wong, I beg your pardon, let me read that again, for some, like William Wong, from China, it is an obsession. Uh, William Wong currently holds... <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think that's racist that I find the name Willy Wong funny. Anyway, hey, Willie Wong uh, currently holds the world title for owning the largest amount of Nightmare Before Christmas memorabilia. A whopping 2,020 items. Oh, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. Willie Wong from China holds a world record for Nightmare Before Christmas memorabilia and he has in his collection 2,020 items. 2020. William Wong from China 
In the name of Christ, he's a witch! Since starting his collection in 1993, uh, the the year before the movie was released, that doesn't make sense. Started his collection in 1993, the year before the movie was released. He now has a huge collection including pins, jewellery, collectible minifigures, Christmas ornaments, clothing and even a toilet paper holder. That's, uh, that's, that's obsession, you know. Fair play to you, Wally Wong. I mean, if listen, see if you're going to collect things like that, whether it be from a movie or a TV show or whatever it is, whatever you're obsession is with collecting things right you would you would want to do it to the point where you are actually getting a, a guinness world record do you know what i mean that that would be the the challenge you get to where somebody's like what are you doing wasting your time with all this shite man fucking comic books and bloody bloody blah blah here listen i'll have you know i'm willy wong i'm the fucking world record holder for nightmare before christmas memory so there you go there's there's the first world record uh, slightly odd. Is it more odd than the next one? Probably not. Oldest Playboy model posed for a Christmas edition of the magazine. What? In December 2009, Patricia Pay broke a world record when she posed for the Christmas edition of Playboy Netherlands. At 60 years old, it made her the oldest model in history to pose for Playboy photographers. It was her third time shooting for the magazine, having previously posed in 1984 and 1996. While the edition featured photos of Pay running naked through the woods of a country house, the magazine has since stopped publishing nude photographs after an announcement in 2016. Playboy Disney published nude photographs anymore? What? What is, what is the fucking... What is Playboy now then? Is it trying to be some... Right on, vibe. Uh, we're, we're actually... No, we don't publish nude photographs of Tits, Arse and Fanny anymore. We're actually a serious journalist uh, magazine where we talk about the big issues of the day. Shut the front door, man. Um, right, so we've had Night Before Christmas memorabilia. Oldest Playboy model at 60. Hey, 60, 60's a new 90, man. 60's not old. You know? We're seeing people all the time on the news. In the, in the media. You know? 60 year old, eh, listen, you still look good at 60 man, look after yourself, you know, don't have a lot of sugar, processed foods, 60 year old, you'll still be banging. Uh, what else on the list, the biggest secret Santa, everyone's favourite game at Christmas, Secret Santa, Secret Santa's a game, is thought to have originated with an American philanthropist named Larry Dean, who came up with the idea of giving Christmas gifts anonymously. The world record for the largest game of Secret Santa is currently held by the Lexington Catholic High School in the US in Christmas 2013. Exactly 1,463 students and teachers took part in the game, taking the world record. Is Secret Santa a game? Mm, maybe in America. Uh, most couples kissing under the mistletoe? Boring. As part of its celebrations for the festive season, US brewing company Anhauser took on the Guinness World Record of the most kisses under the mistletoe. They managed to get 480 couples to kiss simultaneously at its Brewery Lights celebration in Missouri on December 7th last year. 480 doesn't seem like a lot. That that seems like that's doable. 480 couples. That's still less than 1,000 people. What's that, 960 people? 
in one room at one time to kiss simultaneously. That doesn't seem like a lot. That does not seem like a lot. Stop touching the cable, Scott. I feel as if if you were to introduce Bevy into any football stadium in Scotland, see the next old firm game. You know? If somebody went on and went, listen, we're going to break the world record for kissing under the mistletoe, right, on three, turn to your partner and get after them. I think we could beat that. <laughs> I think that needs to be a challenge. I think we need to get the Scott Gibson show listed in the girls' world record for having couples kissing. That's, that's doable. There must be some Guinness world records, you know, when you hear them, you think, that's doable. And I think that that's doable. Number like how many fair Roshi you can eat in a minute, that's doable. How many fucking eclairs all that's doable in this one. Couples kissing under a mistletoe. Four hundred and eighty couples. That's doable. All you need is get five hundred couples. Four hundred and eighty one and you've won the fucking Guinness World Record. Uh, next one on the list, most people making snow angels simultaneously. Possibly one of the best Christmas themed photographs to exist. This picture was taken in North Dakota, 2007, when 8,692 people... Now, that's that's a number, you know? 8,692 people simultaneously made snow angels. The event was organised by the State Historical Society of North Dakota and set a new world record. Now, see if they'd just done a bit of research, they all could have stood up after the snow angel and then get after each other and they would have won another record as well. This, this, this needs to be a thing, man. Surely you can contact Guinness and go, right, listen, I've got a haul, I've got a thousand people, give me a list of everything that I can get and I'll fucking smash it on one go. Smallest Christmas card. 2017 scientists at the National Physical Laboratory in the UK used beams of ions to create a Christmas card that was just 15 by 20 microcentimetres or 0.006 by 0.009 inches. The card was so small, its creators had to use a substrate of platinum coated silicon nitrate to fold the card and etch a greeting message on its inner side. Dr. David Cox, who helped make the card, this, again, this is what happens when, see like at Christmas, when your business or your place of work starts to ramp down, you know that's like kind of a week before you stop, and everybody's just down tools, nobody can care, this is what happens when you're a scientist. So a week before... All the scientists finish up for Christmas. Nobody's getting the monkeys' fags anymore. Nobody's injecting rats with cancer. They've all been fucking taken out the back and shot or given back to the zoo or released out of the wild. And they're all just sitting about, fucking scratching their arse, you know, injecting themselves with stuff. What are we going to do, Davy? All the fucking monkeys are away. You want to inject a rat with cancer and make it grow in a maze? Oh, the rats are gone, mate. We took them out the back last week and shot them. Fuck, what have we got to do? Do you want to try and make the world's smallest Christmas card? Do I ever? <laughs> Why you don't fucking try to cure diseases, you poor bags? Make the world's smallest card? It gives a fuck. Dr. David Cox, uh, who helped make the card, said the card showcases the progress being made in material research on this scale. No, it shows that you've got too much fucking time in your hands, access to too much material and money, and you should be doing real fucking science, you dick. 
We're using the tools that create the car to accurately measure the thickness of extremely small features and materials. Who cares? Helping to unlock new battery and semiconductor technologies. That's a lot of shite. The car was so small that when it makes and when it when it make sorry, the car was so small when it's when its makers initially tried to photograph it under an electron microscope, it pinged off and was lost somewhere within the microscope itself. Nobody cares. Uh, next one, world's largest gathering of Santa's elves. Okay, while Christmas in Thailand is is this Thailand is this actually elves or is this just Thai people? And they were confused with elves. Is is this actually elves or is this just like a a, a queue for a bus in Thailand? And some doing look at all those elves. No, it's just little Thai people, mate. While Christmas in Thailand isn't isn't particularly a cold affair, a grand total of one thousand seven hundred sixty-two people decided to celebrate the occasion by dressing up as Santa's elves. The event was organised by Siam Paragon Development Company in twenty fourteen with strict protocols. According to the record, the total could have been higher, but 14 participants were disqualified because their costumes weren't up to scratch. (laughs) Imagine turning up dressed as an elf to be part of a world record-breaking event, only be turned away because you are told you look like a junkie elf. <laughs> now, why do we not have pictures of the fourteen participants who were disqualified? What did they? What did they? Do? What was their outfit? <laughs> Maybe it was just fourteen people who joined a queue, who didn't understand what it was, and when they got to the front, like, what kind of shit elf costume is this? Like elf costume, mate. I thought this was a queue for the fucking toilets. You're disqualified. I don't even know what it is I'm trying to qualify for, you dick. <laughs> I don't actually think you're an elf. I would say the more you're a, you're a dwarf, you know, maybe like stinky dwarf, snoozy dwarf, but I don't think you're an elf. I'm going to have to disqualify you from the fucking competition. <laughs> 14 participants disqualified. Oh, God. They should have followed up with those 14. That should have been it. In fact, that should be a Netflix documentary. Find the 14 Find the 14 elves who were disqualified from the world record attempt in Thailand in 2014. Somebody make that happen. Right, what have we got? Many have we got left. Two to go. Um, the longest wish list. The longest wish list. Here we go. Most of us have at least one memory of writing out a wish list to Santa Claus, uh, but as all good children do, we likely keep the length of a list to a single piece of A4 paper. In 2017, Beijing, Beijing Hyundai a Nimoy tourism bureau in China worked together to create a wish list consisting of 124,969 wishes. The list took them six days to complete and was presented at the Santa village in Moy on December 28th. What's the fucking point? That's after Christmas, you dicks. Some would say this seemed like a lot of effort only to miss Christmas by three days. Exactly. Where's the fucking point in that? Let's break a world record by creating the longest wish list and then give it to Santa three days after Christmas. Surely by that time, Santa's fucked off on December 28th. Santa's on his holidays. Santa's clocked out. You know, 26th of December. Cha-ching, clocked out. Fuck off. Me and Mrs. Claus are about the Maldives. See you later. 
Also, if you've done 124,969, just make it up to 125. Just make it 125,000. Nice round number. That's that's the shittest one out of the lot. Fucking hell, China. And the very last one on the uh, Christmas theme world record, fastest time to carve a turkey. Uh, you would think the world record for the fastest time to carve a turkey might be held by a butcher or a chef, but in 2009, Paul Kelly from Essex knocked out the knocked out his competition, carving up the Christmas bird in just three minutes and 19.47 seconds. Paul is actually a turkey farmer and hosted the competition at an event to celebrate the 25th anniversary of his organic turkey company, Kelly Bronze. Paul also holds a world record for the fastest time taken to pluck three turkeys. <laughs> oh, that That's the kind of record you wouldn't want, you know? If somebody says to you, listen, he's a world record holder by the Guinness Book of Records. Oh my God, mate, what page are you on? Uh, I'm on page 104. Well, what is it you did? Uh, I, I, pu- I plucked three turkeys uh, in a world record time. You pluck turkeys, you fucking weird cunt. <laughs> I suppose if you're a turkey farmer, right, you're plucking turkeys every fucking day. They say that fast ten times. You're plucking turkeys on a daily. I would hope that you're dynamite at plucking turkeys. Again, how in-depth do the Guinness people go? Do they inspect the birds after? Eh, there's actually a feather under its armpit disqualified. Do you pluck them bald? You know, is it just a, a 80% removal? Again, I feel as if I need more information. But Paul, uh, well done to you, mate. Three and a half minutes to carve up a turkey. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's fast or no. You know, sometimes you hear these things and you think, is that fast? Three minutes, 20 seconds to carve a turkey? Maybe it is. You know, if it said the world record for carving a turkey is six seconds, I'd be like, fucking hell, that's fast. But he's a turkey carver and a turkey plucker. I bet you the turkeys shit themselves when they see Paul coming anyway. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get plucked or if I'm going to get fucking chopped up, man. Well, those are the uh, the Christmas themed world records. Did anybody get a Guinness Book of World Records this year? Fastest turkey, longest waiting list, biggest elf, smallest card, snow angels, mistletoe, uh, secret Santa, playboy model, and who can forget Willie Wong and the nightmare before Christmas. Those are your records. I thought it was going to be a lot better records than that, but what can you do, man? You've got to work with what you've got. You've got to work with what you've got. Right, team, let's wrap this one up. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you to everybody who has listened to the show throughout this year. Um, It's kept me sane. It's kept me going. The podcast has kept me... I don't want to say it's kept me... It's kept me going. Let's go that far. It's kept me going through some pretty difficult times this year. Um, It's it's certainly been the hardest year that I have gone through... um, Work-wise, career-wise, uh, even creatively, uh, not having the ability to gig, uh, to to feel as if you can kind of test out new stuff, it's been it's been very very hard at times. But this podcast has kept me going. Uh, we've had some dark moments. Let's not forget that. But I hope we've had some fun as well. We've had some laughter. Um, I've got some big plans for the show coming up. 
in 2021. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the new year for the for the first time, and I think a very very long time. I am generally excited about the year ahead. I've got some things that I want to do with the show, with the podcast. I have got some things that I want to start doing work-related. Uh, I've got a few projects I'm going to be working on and I hope to have them um, at least to a point where I'm able to talk about them a bit more very soon. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the year ahead. Um, and just once again, generally, thank you so much to everybody who has listened. Thank you to every single one of the rascals on Patreon for supporting the show. And once again, if you are not part of the Patreon, please do consider joining. Get on there. It's the best way to support the podcast uh, and to help push the podcast forward and to get some things for it. We need some new equipment and to to hopefully shape the podcast into what I want it to become. Head to patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Big Scott Gibson and sign up and get access to all of the extra content and the extra weekly episode as well. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Look after yourself. The end is nigh. Um, hopefully we'll be all back to gigging soon and back to normal life soon. Have an amazing hug money. Have a great new year. Enjoy your steak pie. Don't get too steaming. Get up early. Get out and have a walk. And uh, let's hope that 2021 is better than 2020. Wash your hands and your arsehole. Take care of yourself. Hopefully see you in a battlefield soon. Onwards. Thank you.